If you'll turn me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, as we begin and we continue our series of the kingdom of God today, obviously our emphasis is prayer, the Lord's prayer. Um, So turn with me there. Uh, We started here a few weeks ago in Matthew 6, 9, and we looked at the incredible reality that God of the universe, through the work of his son Jesus, that we can call him Father. Today we're going to go back to this prayer and ask, what does it mean for our lives? What is this kingdom prayer all about? But as you know, with something like this, uh, a lot of times, especially our young people, get this prayer a little bit wrong. Uh, You've probably seen some of the things on the internet uh, that may be different translations, uh, kids' translations of this prayer. One I saw recently that I particularly liked was this. Our Father, who art in heaven, how do you know my name? You know, it's just a great of a little kid trying to think of, of God who is in heaven and who is big and grand. And how in the world would this God know his name? And yet, Scripture tells us that not only does he know our name, he's the one who has made us, created us for himself, created us for a relationship with him. He says he knows our name. He says he knows how many hairs we have on our head. I guess for Fred, it's a little easier to count uh, than, than for some of us. Um, he knows the hairs on our heads. Uh, he, he loves us. He's the one who's knit us together in our mother's womb. He's intimately uh, aware of all of our lives, all of our thoughts, all of our actions. God is aware of it all. And when you look through his word, there's some amazing things that start to percolate that we see that God only, not only knows our name and knows us, he also cares for us. We have a God who cares. Throughout Scripture, it says very clearly that God cares for us. And not only that, he says, not only I care, but I hear you. I hear your prayers. I hear your heart. Come to me. Come to me and pour out your heart to me. Come and lay it all down at the feet because I care and I love. And the question is, how do we pray? How are we to pray? Now, where we find the Lord's Prayer, which really could be called the Disciples' Prayer, because the Lord wasn't one who was praying it. He was the one who was teaching it. Where we find this prayer, it's pretty interesting. It's right in Matthew's Gospel, in the midst of Jesus' sermon. Jesus is preaching the most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And he gets to chapter 6. And if you have your Bibles open, you may want to glaze, uh, glance at that beginning of uh, chapter 6. And what's happening? People are praying prayers, but they aren't praying praying proper prayers. They got people like me, the the religious folks, they're praying hypocritical prayers. They're praying not so much so that God could hear them. Are you ready for this? They're praying these long, verbose prayers with a lot of like big Christianese language so men would hear them. So they would all say, wow, that was an impressive prayer. And God says, that's not it. Hypocritical prayers, prayers that are just said so people can hear you, isn't what it's all about. And then he says, nor is it babbling prayers. Prayers where you just kind of repeat the same thing over and over and over again. You are kind of mindless. And just all of a sudden say, I'm going to say these are fathers or, or another form of prayer. Matter of fact, there's traditions that will say that you are supposed to pray those prayers for penance, to, uh, to try to get favor with God. And yet, interesting, Scripture tells us that it's not about babbling prayers. That God wants our hearts and our heads engaged in communication with Him. Really good news. God has created us for him. 
Really good news. God has wired us for a relationship with Him. Really, really, really good news. God wants us to live our lives in constant communication with Him. But how do we pray? Maybe the answer is found in this clip. You can't kneel down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know. I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all of mankind. How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. <laughs> now, come on. What do you really care about? Grace. Grace. You want it back? you feel good saying it. It's good. It's good. Well, it's really good news is that we don't have to use beads to talk to God. We can talk directly to him through the work of his son. But how are we to pray? And the first prayer that was offered was a great prayer. I mean, it was a prayer to, for the uh, hungry to be fed. But here was a, basically the prayer, God, do something about the hungry. There's so hungry people out there. And really, we're going to see in this kingdom prayer that God wants us to do something about the hungry. And when he said, may there be world peace, that truly is the kingdom coming. But through this prayer, we're going to see that God wants us to do something about world peace. And not just flippantly say, God, take care of those needs, now back to my own. But God, align me with your needs. So let's look at the prayer 
that Jesus himself taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Now remember, it's not these specific words. This is more of a pattern that teaches us how to pray. And it's this way. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, holy, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us pray. Now, Father God, again, we are here before your word as your people, desperate, desperate to understand what your will is for us, desperate for us to understand how it is that we communicate with you, how it is that we can rightly pray that your kingdom would come. And oh God, I beseech thee, I, I, I beg of you, please come with the power of your spirit and speak through a broken sinner like me. And Father, I just confess, I just don't have the goods necessary to bring you the glory you deserve or to challenge your people in the way that we need. But God, in, in your infinite wisdom and in your foolishness, you've chosen me to be a vessel. So God, use me, speak Speak clearly through me so that you would receive glory and we would receive challenge. God, open up our ears to hear the Father. And Father, open up our minds to understand what the Son has done. Father, soften our hearts through the Spirit so we can embrace this. And God, would you empower our feet so that we can live our lives praying as we ought to so that you will steer us and that we will give you great glory in our lives. We pray that you and you alone receive glory and we receive great joy. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. How important is it to pray as Christians? I mean, really, where does it rank on the important meter? Let me tell you, it's incredibly important. Let me ask this question. How important is communication in marriage? For all those of you who are married, can you guys please raise your hand for just a moment? Let's see all the married folks raise them up high. You're proud to be married. Say, yes, I am. All right, all you single folks, look around real quick right now. Pick them back up. Single folks, look around. See who's not got their hand up. Just a little help, all right? No extra charge. Just wanted to like, get you a little eyeball right there. But let me ask married folks, how important is communication to marriage? I mean, really, how important is it for you to be able to communicate deeply and truthfully about how you feel? about what you are experiencing. How important is that for a successful marriage? Now, it's amazing because God brings two broken sinners like you and me together and says, now you are going to be one. And he's certainly wired women a little bit differently than he's wired men. And he tells us men, right for this, live with them in an understanding way. Why not just say move Mount Everest for us, you know? I mean, wow, an understanding way. And yet the two become one. And because the two are one, unbelievably, you ready for this? He wants to tell his story through us, our lives individually and our marriages. So communication is key. 
And it has to be deep communication, one where we're striving, and it is a striving sometimes, it's a wrestling. What do you really mean, and what are you trying to say, and are we not communicating with our body language, and with our words, and everything else? And it's very, very difficult sometimes to communicate. But every one of us, married folks, would you agree, is it essential? It's essential. We see the communication that God gives us is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the way we communicate back to us. He communicates to us in many ways. He communicates us in creation itself. The, the, uh, the mountains, oh, I don't have any mountains in Florida. The, the oceans, they all tell his story. All of creation tells his story. He communicates to us through this love letter, an incredible book that reveals to us who he is and his will for our lives. He communicates to us through the Holy Spirit. The only way we understand creation, the only way we understand God's word is if by God's grace he comes to us and gives us the Holy Spirit, gives us a new heart, the ability to have faith and now understand. He communicates to us through one another. He certainly communicates to us through the preaching of his word, and I'm greatly humbled by that. But how do we communicate with him? And it's through prayer. It's through our calling out to him, living our lives before him. Listen, there's such good news that God really cares about your life. I mean, he wants to communicate with you. And more than God, can you please feed the hungry and take care of world peace? He wants to know your heart's desire. He wants to know what you're thinking, how you're feeling. Listen, he already knows it. But God wants to walk and talk with us. Think how he created us. He created us in his image. He wired us for himself. I mean, we we really don't even get life until we get him by his grace through the work of his son. But he made us to be walking in the cool of the garden with God. And when we see the end of the story, we realize we will be with him for eternity. And now here as we live our lives longing, Jesus, come back. May your kingdom come this fullest. He wants us to live our lives praying continually. 1 Thessalonians 5.13 says this. 5.17 Pray continually. Your life, my life, should be a life of prayer. Everywhere you go, every experience you have, every feeling, God, be with me. God, help me. God, lead me. God, truly bless me so I can be a blessing to you. But what this prayer does in Matthew is very clear. It says this, that we are to pray kingdom prayers. We are to pray kingdom prayers, asking God that we may see all things through his eyes. Now that clip, I mean, he's got some real theological problems with that clip. But at the same time, there's something very interesting and very true by what was communicated there. It's when Bruce finally got it, and he finally got it, that praying wasn't trying to align God up with himself, that God was really calling Bruce to align himself up with God. And he was saying this, may I now see in love through your eyes. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that is kingdom prayers. Let me say it again. May we see and may we love through kingdom eyes. May we see things the way God sees them. And here's the fallout of that. If we see things the way God sees things, then we will love the things God loves. We will cherish them. We're seeing them through his eyes. We will love holiness and right living. The things that are important to God will be important to us. And the things that break God's heart will break our hearts if we see them through God's eyes. And when we see things like poverty and injustice, it will get us into a holy uh, uh, anger. And we'll say, God, these are image bearers. Your image bearers shouldn't be hungry. 
Your image bearers shouldn't be born with age with no one else caring. Your image bearers, instead of driving by someone who is in need and we say, come on, man, get a job, you know, do something for yourself. Now we're starting to see things through God's eyes. We say, you know what? That's an image bearer of God. I'm, I'm passionate about God's glory. I must see it through his eyes. And it changes our hearts. You see, kingdom prayers start with a focus. And a focus and an alignment where we start saying, God, will you align our vision, our lives, our wants, our needs with yours? And so the first thing we'll see in your outline, it's there in the bulletin for you if you don't have it, is this. The Lord's Prayer gives us in verse 9 and 10 a very clear prescription that we are to be praying with a burning passion, be praying with a burning passion for His glory. Praying with a burning passion that we are to bring Him glory. Now, we got to see that God has created us for His glory. He's created everything to kind of tell His story. And that is the greatest thing we can do. Now, don't lose me here because some of us may say, now, is this really right of God? God created me, so I bring Him pleasure. Is God this big egomaniac? Well, there's an interesting side to this. you got to see that the greatest thing we can do is bring him pleasure because he's God. If we live to bring ourselves pleasure or someone else, that's idolatry. But on the opposite side of that coin, which is such great news for us, is that when we live our lives bringing him glory, bringing him joy, when we live our lives trying to make Jesus' name famous, guess what happens? We get joy. We get life. We get purpose. Please know these aren't mutually exclusive. God wants us to live our lives with a kingdom perspective. He wants to pray our prayers with his kingdom and his glory and a burning passion for them. How often do you pray this kind of prayer? Your life is not going right and things hurt and things are broken and things aren't making sense and you don't know where God is and you're wondering what he's doing and why he's forgotten you and how in the world he's left you here. And so we start praying this. Now, God, Let me tell you, dear God, let me tell you about my situation because you seem to be forgetting about my situation and I want you to come over here. God, come over here, God, because I'm hurting. Come over here, God, because I'm in great need. And you know what we're really saying? God, if you could only see life through my eyes, you'd do something about it. I mean, really, God, if you really did saw life through my eyes and my hurts and my needs, you just got to get yourself over here, God, and get yourself waking up. Come on! I pray that prayer all the time. And just say, God, I just want you to see things the way I do. And so the Lord's Prayer, God's grace, pours upon us and says, no, 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 it's not that at all. we got to see our needs through his eyes. we got to line ourselves up with his will. It's not that we're calling God saying, come over here. Listen, I love what it says right before verse 9. It says this, before you even say your needs, he knows them. And I kind of crack myself up because I listen to my prayers and sometimes listen to our prayers. It's like we're giving God a a status report. Now, God, I got this going on. I got that going on. And and this is over here happening as if he's saying, oh, 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 that's happening. Oh, my goodness. Man, you got it going on really tough right now. Now, listen, it's it's okay to tell him what's happening because usually that helps us align with him. But just know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God is not up there wondering what is happening in our lives. Before we even ask what's going on, He knows. He knows. But here's what we do. we got to align ourselves, have a burning passion for His glory. And here's how we do it. We say, our Father in heaven, 
the first sermon series of this was about Father. And if you didn't get it, uh, it's on the web. You can go gra- grab it. But listen, we have this incredible privilege to start our prayers with our Father. Now, remember the religious folks. They were standing there trying to be seen by men. And they were just trying to make some, some noise that says, look at me. Remember the babbling folks. But Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to give you something that's unbelievable that you're going to be able to call the creator of the universe, Daddy. Start with such intimate terms. Our Father. But do this. Say, our Father who art in heaven. Start by reminding yourself that you're talking to, yes, Daddy, but the creator of the heaven and earth. Remind yourself that his position is over your position. And this is how it's starting. Our Father, who art in heaven, you are greater. You are the greater one. I am the lesser. Yes, I'm important because I'm made in your image. Yes, you are using me. But our Father in heaven, he, your position is over my position. Hallowed be your name. This is what it is saying. God, keep your name holy. And by the way, when we hear the Lord's name uh, taken in vain and, and rubbed through the dirt of society, it should give us a holy anger. We shouldn't be able to watch TV shows and movies and hear God's name in vain without flinching. Without saying, oh man, keep your name holy. But we live in a society that, that so often profanes the name of God that it's just kind of, we're used to it. May it never be. Father, it's your name, not mine. And this is what the prayer is saying. I mean, really, it's saying that your name, your glory, your renown, your fame is more important than my name, than my glory, than my renown. So remind me to have a burning passion for your glory and a burning passion for your name because your name is holy. I mean, right now, the name of Jesus is being sung by the heavenly host and they can't stop singing it. And it's so beautiful. It's all they can say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, if, and I think heaven did come down and touch us during worship service. But if we really could see, we would know how holy he is. And this kingdom prayer is to give us a burning desire for his name, not our name. How often do we pray this prayer, God, but my name's being smeared. But God, they just don't understand. But God, it's just about me, me, me. We realize, no, it's, it's about you, you. You, your name, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And again, we've looked at this kingdom. This is our series. It's the reign and rule of God on earth as it is in heaven. So here's what it's saying. Your kingdom come is your reign and rule come in my own life above my own reign and rule. I mean, this is really a burning passion for God's glory because we're saying, will you please take the keys? Will it be about your kingdom, your renown, your fame? May I submit myself to your will. May I realize that it's not about my reign and rule, but yours. Good news. Remember, we've gone here before. We said that God has created us to be under authority and with authority. We are his ambassadors. He has given us great authority to represent his name. Unbelievable. He wants to advance his kingdom through us. Unbelievable. But we can never forget we're under authority. That it truly is his reign and rule in our lives. And it becomes very practical as well. My brothers and sisters, this is a life of obedience. This is calling us to say, your will be done in my life. Your kingdom come. Your reign and rule right here. And into that, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will over my will. 
And really, this is it. This is aligning our will with his. The whole part, the first part of this uh, Lord's Prayer is to do just that. It's to take us and not to say, okay, we got to whistle at God and say, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's us realizing, oh, my goodness, you're in heaven. And you're a father. Oh, my goodness. It's your kingdom. Yes, it's your glory. Oh, it's your name. And we find ourselves aligning with his will. And when we align ourselves with his will, and this is very, very, very important, listen. When we align ourselves with his will, then we can ask the desires of our hearts. Why? Because our desires of our hearts will be the desire of his heart. And he's going to hear our prayers and be so thrilled to bless him. But we got to start off by saying, an alignment needs to take place with our lives and his life, our will and his. And then we become that engaged A plan. We talk about the A plan. We talk about the fact that God wants to use us to fill the earth with his glory. We talk about the plan, the, the, uh, the reality that God wants us to be his ambassadors. He wants us to do something. When we say, feed the hungry, what we're saying is, use us. When he says, bring justice, what he's saying is, use us. We are the A plan. Love the fact that after the service last week, a couple of you went out and said, now, Jeff, you're talking about this part of the sermon, and you were ambassadors of Christ, and what does it mean that we're eggplant? Now, I want you to know, if you heard eggplant, if you hear me saying, we are eggplant, I am the walrus, cuckoo-cachoo. No, no, it's not eggplant. It's a plan as God has intended it from creation and has reconnected us with Christ. Say with me, a plan. But once we get our wills lined up with his, listen, we can pray the desires of our hearts because it's his desire. Secondly, praying with a humble dependence on his grace, verses 11 through 13. When we pray, he asks us to pray, asking for Father to provide for our earthly needs, our daily bread, to forgive our sins, and to lead us not into the temptation. A little bit more about that. But again, let me remind you that we're not calling on to God saying, hey, here's my situation. He already knows it. Listen to these words from John Calvin, a religious leader that lived uh, in the 16th century. Believers, do not pray with the view of informing God about things unknown to him. So he's basically saying, don't start off and start praying about your needs as if God doesn't know. Or of exciting him to do his duty. Come on, God, will you get going? He loves to do his duty. He's going to fulfill his promises. Or urging him as though he were reluctant. I love that. Don't you sometimes feel like you're urging God is always reluctant? Come on, God. Get over here. Come on. Where you been? Calvin says, on the contrary, they pray in order that they may arouse themselves to seek him. That they may exercise their faith in meditating on his promises. That they may relieve themselves from their anxieties by pouring them into his bosom. In a word that they may declare that from him alone they hope. Is that your prayer? From you alone do I hope. From you alone do I expect. Both for ourselves and for others. All good things. Give us this day our daily bread is basically saying this. God, provide for us everything we need for living. Jesus is the bread of life. Give us your son and may we feed upon him. Forgive our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. I mean, Scripture says that we have all fallen short of God's glory and the wages of our sin, our debts of our sin. 
that we have a debt to God that we can never pay, but Jesus has paid for us. And because Jesus has paid for our debts by his life, we have life and we've been forgiven. And now he says, go and do likewise. When Peter says, how many times do I forgive? Seven? Jesus says, 70 times seven. You want to know more about forgiving others? Look at Matthew 18 in the parable that's there about how we are to lead with forgiveness because Jesus has forgiven us. And then lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil is basically saying, God, in the flesh, I'm so drawn to pornography. God, in the flesh, I'm so drawn to lust. God, in the flesh, I, I, I just want to just, just fudge a little bit on my tax return. Just fudge a little bit on my expense report. I mean, in my flesh, I'm just going to lead myself right into temptation and I'm going to be engulfed in it. God, come with your spirit. May I walk in the spirit. Lead me not into temptation. But truly deliver me. Deliver me from my addictions so I can glorify you. All right. Let's talk. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of us are praying that prayer? I mean, the word daily there is like our daily provision. It's it's like that, what they had in the desert. They had one day's worth. One day. Give us this day our daily bread. I think about it, I said, really, my prayer is more like, which bread should I have with this wine and this meal? I mean, is it really my daily bread? What does it mean to us? And I can't help but think, again, as Matthew talks in, in Matthew 19, of a rich man. A rich man who has so much. And so much that really he, his needs he feels he meets himself. Life is sufficient for himself. He's built his own castle, his own life. His 401k is stellar. Really, he doesn't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff other than competing with others. He's got it. And so it's interesting. Scripture says, how hard is it for us that are rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven? So hard. It's like, it's like a camel going through an eye, a needle of an eye. I have a needle, pardon me. Even harder, the other thing I think I said. <laughs> Chuck shared last week in the equipping uh, center class Phenomenal. The equipping centers have been so great. I'm so glad that you, those of you who have gone on kingdom and community, and he, he took you all to Luke chapter 12. And there's a credible story there. And, and, and let me just kind of paraphrase it for you. In Luke 12, you may want to take a note and go back and look at it. There's a man who had great blessings. I mean, such great blessings that he couldn't keep his stuff anymore in his own barns. So he thought to himself, he said, self, what am I to do? I got so much stuff I mean, he's, he's well beyond the daily bread need, you know? He's just trying to figure out how to keep all his stuff together. So he says, hey, here's a good idea. I'm going to knock down everything I got. I'm going to build more. And I'm going to build myself bigger barns. And I'm going to have bigger stuff. And I'm going to be able to have all the stuff I have. And I'm going to put my name on all of it. And I'm going to sit back and say, yahoo, man, look at this retirement plan. Look at what I've been able to build for myself. I am set. It's over. I'm done. I don't have to worry about daily bread. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I've taken care of myself. It's over. And God says, you're a fool. I mean, your life's going to be required of you today. You don't even know it. But you know what the travesty of that? You know what the sin is with that? He never asked the greater good kingdom question. God, what do you want me to do with my excess? What do you want me to do with all that that fills this barn so much that I have to tear down others and build others? What do you want me to do with it? I mean, it was so selfish. You read in that, it's this I, 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 I. 
And I, and I, I got to struggle because I think this is, this is where we struggle. This is where I struggle. Let me knock down what I got and build a little bit more. But God has given us this kingdom perspective. Listen, Orangewood, I think the call for us is this in this prayer. God, teach me to live with just a daily bread. You hear me? I got to learn it. God, teach me to live with just the daily bread. And here's what we can do. And use me. Use me to feed others. Use me to build other barns. Use me to fill others' pantries. Use me to bring life. If we get this, Orangewood, if we get this, this is it. This is where we are. We want to build bigger barns. And what he's saying is, no, feed the hungry. Really, that's the kingdom prayer. Teach me how to live with just enough. Now, you and I have been blessed, and many of you have been blessed to, to, to build huge barns. And let me tell you, that's not a sin. Don't sit here and think, golly, I'm getting preached at because I can make money. Wrong. That's phenomenal. Those are kingdom resources. Make money. Make more. Give more. And for those of you who just have that golden touch, and many of you do, where you're just able to take a dollar and just multiply it, the challenge for you is to say, this is enough. This is enough. And I want to invest in other barns. I'm tired of bailing my own. Hear me, I'm with you, okay? I'm with you. I'm not, it's not we, me and you, and I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. And I look at who we are as Orangewood, and I say, man, we got some phenomenal barns. And, and we, we really want to use everything we have for the kingdom. But this is a kingdom prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think it's for us. Teach us to live with daily bread. I've forgotten what it's like. And I need to be reminded of what just enough is. I remind myself every check I give, have I ever given once where it hurt? Have I ever given once where I really felt like this was just selfless? And it's not just our money. It's our time. It's, it's, it's our talents. Some of you guys are so talented, and some of you ladies are so talented, that you can be such a blessing to, to so many organizations in our city, such an incredible blessing to this church. It's basically saying, I, I just not anymore going to be about me. I just got to live for the king. Give me this day my daily bread, Jesus, and may that just be enough. What a prayer. You know, a model for prayer is this acronym PRAY. Let me give you this. This will be a nice tool for you to use when you do pray. I'll start with P, praise. No matter where you are in life, no matter how hurting, no matter how broken, no matter how much you don't want to praise, start there. Remind yourself, God, you are... You are the creator of heaven and earth. Remind yourself that, you, God, you are omnipotent. You know all things. You're all-powerful. You, you can do all things. You're, you're benevolent. Remind yourself. Praise him. Say, God, we love you. We love your son. We love your spirit. We love what you've done. God, we love you. We praise you. Start there, and you will be amazed at what the Holy Spirit does to your prayer life. You'll be amazed because really you'll be aligning yourself up with the kingdom. And then go to R, repent. And when I say repent, here's what, how you and I need to repent. More than just, oh Lord, forgive my sins. 
When we repent, I mean, he knows it already, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's cleansing for us. We need to be specific. I mean, really specific. God, I'm struggling with pornography on the computer. I just can't help get going there. God, please help me. God, there's people in my life I can't get out of my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm lusting. God, I'm cheating my, my partner. And God, I'm, I'm being unfaithful to my wife emotionally. God, whatever it is, be specific and come clean. And you'll be amazed at the healing because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And usually that R is so quick, God, just forgive me. Okay, now here's what I want. Spend time in praise and then spend time in repentance and go deep. And then the A is ask. But start with that ask for others. Ask, God, would you please heal Ken Bradley? It's been too long. God, would you, would you please allow my son to come to know you? Ask, and then the why would be you. And I promise you, you'll be amazed at what those you prayers are once you've given him praise, once you've really repented and asked for others. Use that model and see how it will change your life and change this church. I love this quote from E.M. Bounds. Only God can move mountains, but faith and prayer move God. Only God can move mountains. But faith and prayer move God. I got a couple books that never leave my devotional bag. One is uh, Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. Another one is A Valley of Vision, a compilation of Puritan prayers. And as we close our service, this is what we're going to do. I'm going I'm to ask you to stand in a couple minutes and we're going to pray a Puritan prayer. I'm going to start off praying the prayer. And then there'll be a point you'll see on the screen where you can join me with prayer. And after this prayer, uh, we're going to sing Thy Kingdom Come. And this is a song that we heard sung to us a few weeks ago. It's a phenomenal song. Sing it from your heart. If the Spirit of God's moving your heart, and you're saying, yeah, I want this kingdom. I want His glory and fame. Sing it. At the very end, after the benediction, if you'll come and you bring your tithes and offerings as an act of obedience to the kingdom forward today, this is how we're going to be collecting our tithes and offerings. Will you stand with me, please? And would you pray with me, first listening to this prayer and then adding your voice to mine? Let us pray. O sovereign God, creator of the heavens and earth, your cause, not my own, engages my heart. And I appeal to you with greatest freedom to set up your kingdom in every place where Satan reigns. Glorify yourself and we will rejoice. For to bring you honor to your name is my sole desire. Make it true in my life and the life of my brothers and sisters. I adore you that you are God and long that others should know it, feel it, and rejoice in it. Oh, that all men might love and praise you, that you might have all glory from the world. Please join me in prayer. Lord, use me as you will. Do with me what you will. But oh, promote your cause. Let your kingdom come. Let your blessed interest be advanced in this world. Oh, do bring in great numbers to Jesus. Let me see that glorious day and give me to grasp for multitudes of sins. 
Let me be willing to die to that end. And while I live, let me labor for you to, to the utmost of my strength, spending time profitably in this work, both in heaven and in weakness and kingdom. I long for, not my own. Oh, answer my request.